0: Welcome to the Talking Single podcast, a podcast featuring four strong, single, and successful women raised in Lagos, now living in London. Each week, we share our stories and experiences about being women, navigating life, love, and everything in between. We address stereotypes, misconceptions, and even bust some myths about singlehood. Oh, and we do all that with a good dose of humor and a whole lot of style. I'm Rebi, the cautious romantic, and I'll be this week's host. Joining me are the other talking single ladies, Rashida. She's single, ready to mingle. Her heart is newly reopened for love. Keisha, the consciously uncoupled, unromantic, wondering what the fuss is all about. And Crystal, the recovering love addict, now happily single. Our podcast is called Talking Single simply because it's what we do and who we are. Enjoy. Hey everyone. I'm Reeby, hosting today's episode of the Talking Single podcast. With me as usual are my girls, Keisha, Rashida, and Crystal. How are you ladies doing today? All good, hey. Hello, hey hello.
1: Everyone. I'm good.
0: Thank nice. You. Lovely. Today we are taking on the very serious topic of mental health, especially among black women. Before we begin, I must stress that we are speaking from our experiences only. Please seek the help of a qualified, licensed mental health professional if you need to speak to someone. Let's begin. According to an England government survey of mental health and well-being, 29% of Black women experienced a common mental disorder like anxiety, depression, or obsessive-compulsive disorder in the past week. And that is the highest rate for women across all ethnic groups. In other words, amongst white women, mixed race, um, women of Asian backgrounds, black women experience a higher incidence of a common mental disorder. Ladies, let me, let me check in. Are you surprised to hear this? And Why do you think black women have a higher incidence of mental health issues?
2: Um, I'm not surprised. Um, mm. I think when it comes to mental health, we don't, as a community, black people don't like to talk about it. Uh, it's almost, it's almost a taboo. Uh,
3: um,
2: we're less likely probably, I don't have any stats for this, but uh, I'm just saying we're less likely to seek uh, help. Uh, um, we're less likely to go to therapy. I think we mentioned this in the self-love episode. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm actually not surprised.
0: Uh, Mm. Uh, Rashida, what
1: about you? Surprised? Like, no, not at all, actually. As in, I even thought the number w- would even be higher than that. Mm. Because, as Crystal just mentioned, where we just don't talk about uh, mental health or therapy or any of those things because of that stigma that is associated with anything mental health related. Mm.
0: Mm. Crystal, mm. I'm sorry. Keep- Keisha, what
1: about you? Um,
3: I'm not surprised um, Mm. at all. One, because as a community, we do not properly acknowledge mental health as much as we should. And also women, um, as as women, um, trying to be the hearth and heart of the home, we do take on a lot of responsibilities. Mm. um, And we do a lot of things that are purportedly our roles without any outlet or any way of, or any help sometimes. So yeah. it doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah.
1: I, yeah, I know we're talking about mental health for black women, but I wonder whether the numbers for men would, black men would even be higher.
0: It's not. It's not higher. And actually, mm-hmm. interestingly for, for men, there isn't a difference whether it's black or white men. The, the percentage of mental health disorder is fairly similar. So two things mm-hmm. are, surpri- well, are of interest. One, women su- suffer a higher uh, percentage of common mental health disorders in totality. Now, it might be that within that, you find that men suffer more from a particular kind of mental health disorder. But generally, women experience a higher percentage. And amongst women, black women, experience an even higher percentage. And so i so something for us to think about why do we think black women experience a higher incidence? Any thoughts?
1: We just don't speak up isn't that it yeah. isn't it? Yeah. We're,
0: when we're just going- for
1: whatever reason we just thought we just we just think here yeah, we just have to suck it up and
0: yeah,
1: carry on. Carry on,
3: yeah. Yeah. Kisha, you wanted to say something. I also think that because women are in society, we are one of the lowest rungs in the ladder. Um, You know, it's it's so that also has a toll on us. On black women. Um, On black women, yeah. Mm.
0: You know, you you guys all make really valid points, and you know, when you looked at that survey, the reasons why black women suffer disproportionately. You know, tend to be very complex, and till today, is still not fully understood. What was clear was that race did play a part in this experience, um, and we will talk about why a little bit later. But but before then, you know, I did want to back up to that twenty nine percent. It's it's very really revealing. So in other words, one out of four of us, right? One out of the four of us has experienced some form of mental health. If you take that 29% to be the case, one, one out of four of us has experienced some form of mental health. Um, and you know, how do we talk about it and deal, about, deal with it? We, we said earlier on that we, we often don't, we tend to keep it to ourselves. So mm-hmm. we're gonna be very bold and brave today, ladies. And we're gonna start that conversation right now. Let's have a proper check-in with ourselves. And please, obviously, say what you feel comfortable saying. Um, Rashida, I'm going to start with you. Mm. Have you experienced anxiety, depression, or any form of mental health? Please um, share your experience if you feel comfortable to do so.
1: Um, Okay, so I think, I mean, at the time when it all started, I didn't know what was wrong with me. But eventually, I think it was a a slight form of depression. Mm. But it came... And it came about because of a boy, a uh. big surprise. So as in, I think for whatever reason, it was just a relationship that just ended out of the blues. And I'd, lean, I'd been leaning on my friends for so long, like just moaning and groaning and being upset about it. Uh. Then of course, there's only so much you can talk to your friends about it. Uh. Then I realized with a lot of my friends and my family, I was putting up this brave front But underneath it all, I was cracking. Mm. And I remember the day I realized I needed help. Mm. I was sat at my desk. And I'm sure we've all had that feeling when you're asleep and you're falling, Mm. then you wake up. But I had that feeling and I was wide awake and I couldn't shake it. So I had to get up and go for a walk. Mm. And it was at that point I realized, okay, I couldn't pretend to myself I was okay. So I just Mm. went online, Mm. still looking for someone to talk to. And I found a therapist and I t- spoke to him for, I think, eight, nine months. Uh-huh. Then it was during all of that. Because I didn't even know what was wrong with me. Then uh-huh. all I knew was I was tired of pretending I was okay. Uh-huh. But I guess f- friends and family couldn't relate. They just assumed, yeah, it's, you guys broke up ages ago. You should be fine. Uh-huh. Or tend to be fine. But the therapist slowly helped me recognize what was wrong with me help gave me coping strategies Mm. on how to kind of deal with when I had like all these depressive episodes Mm. not it was yeah eventually I think he just said well it was slight depression and slowly talking through it um using all of the um coping methods and stuff he gave me Mm. somehow I just eventually slowly snapped out of it it wasn't a quick thing. It was mm. months and months and months. But
0: yeah, wow. Well, it was thank because of a boy. St- still, still a, a very difficult experience. Yeah, uh, so yeah, th- yeah, Thank you for sharing and telling us how you coped with it, uh, Crystal. I'll come to you next. Um, would you like to share your experience?
2: Yeah, it was. All, it was also because of a boy. But one thing I've realized that my my most destructive, maybe crazy behavior comes because of boys, hence uh. why I am a love addict but anyways um it was yeah it wasn't even that he broke up with me; it was just some weird behavior there was another girl involved, uh. and i just I just snapped that night, I just snapped. And I got home and I was crying and crying and crying and crying. Oh. And then this, this has never, ever happened to me before. And it hasn't mm-hmm. happened to me since. But I just felt like there was a darkness just sucking me in. Oh. I remember all the curtains were closed. I switched off my phone. I just felt Horrible, And I cannot uh, till today explain to you. It, it just felt to me like darkness was literally uh, sucking me in. And I, yeah, I just had a whole day of it just feeling uh, that darkness just crying. And then I woke up the next morning and I'm like, I never, ever, ever want to feel like this ever uh, again uh, for anyone. And uh, I remember I went to church and I snapped out of it. But yeah, uh, it wasn't the nicest of feelings. But for me, I was just like, "Ooh, this is uh, a horrible feeling. And this could uh, go on forever. I didn't seek help, uh, but I just knew that I never want to feel like this again.
3: Yeah.
2: Wow. Well,
0: what is what is interesting to me is you you both experienced this kind of I don't know, anxiety, I don't know, um, slight depression in in very different ways. One was abrupt and sudden and then it seemed like it was over, um, as you've explained it, Crystal. But Rashida, yours required a period of time to come to terms and move on. Is that how you would describe it or would you say, say it differently?
1: Yeah, so for me, it was... The feeling of like when I got to the lowest point, it didn't yeah. happen overnight. It happened yeah. over a couple of months. Yeah. Then when I got to the point where I realized, okay, this is the lowest of the lowest. Mm. One thing I did not mention was when I even when the day I Googled and I was looking for therapists, I I guess that's another thing. I did not tell any of my friends that I'm looking mm. for a therapist or anything. There was this at the time sense of shame. When you're thinking, okay, I need a therapist. It was must be a year or two later when I started telling my friends. Actually, I have been talking to a therapist. I am a an advocate for therapy now. Anybody, everybody that that would care to listen, I tell them anything wrong with you. If you think you need a therapist, just do it. Mm. One of the um, responses I got from my cousin was, "Can't believe." you're talking to a therapist, you're going to air all your family and your friends' dirty laundry with mm. a therapist. And I was like, and then the person yeah. is not there to judge. Mm. He was there to just help me sort out all the
0: jumble of emotions internally. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And and you, you touch on some of the things that I think stop women from sharing when they are getting really kind of overwhelmed. That This feeling of, people will say, you know, why are you sharing your dirty secrets with or your family secrets with somebody and, and all of that stuff? Yeah. And that can and stop us from...
1: Mm. Yeah. Or why don't you talk to your friends? But one mm. thing I realized is when you're going through stuff like that and you're talking to your friends, friends give emotional responses. Mm. You, ideally, I feel like you sometimes need someone who is not emotionally invested in you. That yeah. True on emotional responses and tips that you need at that time mm. sometimes your friends as much as they love you would only reinforce that sadness well that's what i found anyway mm. crystal yeah. do
0: you want to say something
2: Yeah, I also wanted to say that um, there's some people that will go through the worst heartbreak and not break down. Uh, And for people like that, they can't understand why a man would or that kind of situation would lead to depression. uh, And I feel like that's one of the reasons why it's hard sometimes to talk to friends because I know times when I've been heartbroken over something uh, that some people think is nothing. They've uh, been like, oh, just forget it. Just forget it. It's fine. Just uh, leave it. And just really abrupt and just end it where you're trying to express how you're feeling, which is why therapy is good, because you can express those emotions without anyone cutting you off and saying, oh,
0: you know, just forget it. I know, I know. Keisha, let me come to you. Um, Would you like to share your experience? So it's, I,
3: I think I'm, I find it difficult because to even sometimes understand um, what depression actually is. And I have to say that a lot earlier in my life, I actually never thought it was a thing. Um, I guess, you know, now that there's more awareness around it, I do understand and can recognize, um, when people are going through it, I can offer support. I know when to just be there. Um, but it's something I find very difficult to recognize in myself. So I can't actually categorically say if it's something I've felt or not, probably because I also have steps to always pick myself back up. And um, so I I can't say that I have any personal experience, um, but I can say I deeply understand what it entails and what the impact is.
0: Okay, thank, thank you for sharing. I mean, um, ladies, thank you for sharing your um, personal experiences. I mean, I would say that um, I certainly experienced um, high anxiety about uh, when, when I lost my job. Um, and it was a very difficult ex- um, experience for me for, mo- for two reasons. One, being out of control. the the idea of being out of control for me is like one of my biggest fears and triggers. So not knowing where, you know, financially where I was going to kind of live and how I was going to kind of um, kind of navigate, I would wake up with panic attacks. um, um, And I would, I would be freaking out and I'll be crying and laughing and I wouldn't understand why At the time I didn't even know what it was until I was talking to, I was actually talking to my coach and I was saying I was experiencing this. And he said, that sounds like you are going through anxiety and you're having panic attacks. And I was like, Oh wow. Okay. This is clearly out of control and I need to deal with it. At the time I didn't actually use, um, I didn't seek professional help. I just spoke to my coach who was a licensed counselor. And so we worked through it together at the time. um, And it kind of helped because he could, It was really to do with work and being out of control of aspects of my life. And that really helped. I think the second reason that made it really hard was people didn't understand why I was feeling the way I was feeling at the time. A lot of people said to me, you should be thankful that you've got your redundancy money. Go and live your life didn't understand this point about being out of control and how it affected me as a human being. And it got to a point where I actually stopped talking to my friends about it because I just felt like they didn't get it. And I know they were being really supportive and helpful at the time, but it it really wasn't helping. Um, And so I decided to just put on a front, which often we do as women, when we see people are not kind of understanding where we're coming from, we put on this front that everything is okay. And we kind of hide the issue Mm -hmm. to separately and try to deal with it in in other ways. And all of these things kind of um, add to the burden and and actually prolongs the the, the issues that we are trying to deal with.
1: Mm -hmm. You said something about maintaining a front. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I feel all to add to that is Mm -hmm. when you put up that front, you don't want the pity Mm -hmm. because sometimes the pity just drags you even yeah. though you, mm. you feel already. So you're like, I feel mm. terrible. And someone is pitying
0: me and it's just a cycle of pity. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there is the, there is the side of pity, but there was also for me at the time, a little bit of shame that, you know, why am I, why am I going, I see people progressing and I'm stuck in this place. So it was really, really not a bad feeling. You just really didn't want to be the center of pity, the center of discussion, the one with the problem. You just you just want to be seated with all of that. You just wanted to kind of move on and be happy-go-lucky, normal.
1: Um,
0: yeah, you put your you put your big girl pants on and you want to kind mm-hmm. of face the world.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, this, sorry to interrupt. Go on, please,
1: so go on. This, and and not, at the time, I was getting to the lowest point. I think mm-hmm. one thing that made me realize it is there's this image that was going around face on instagram at the time it was a girl was a cartoon a girl Mm. she had a mask on with a smiley face but under Mm. this smiley face mask was somebody crying Mm. and i remember sending that to my therapist like i that was at the first session like i don't know how to explain how i'm feeling but Mm. this image is exactly how i'm feeling because i had the happy face
0: with everyone but inside i was crying and crying oh gosh that is heartbreaking you know Mm -hmm. and You know, our hope in sharing these stories is that if you're listening, you you find it helpful and encouraging and and hopefully can reach out to a trusted friend or a professional to share what you are going through and not kind of keep it to yourself. And we we will talk a little bit more about this later. Um, But let's go back to the point of why race plays a higher incidence, uh, plays a role in the high incidence of mental health issues among black women so i was i was reading an article a while back and i really wish i could find the source of this article i can't but but it really spelled the issue out some of the issues out so concisely for me it talked about how navigating life as a black woman in the uk is fraught with so many things there's the overt and covert racism that you have to deal with there is the discrimination the daily microaggressions Um, the, the dealing with being overlooked, undermined, judged very harshly, being reminded that you don't meet, um, Western beauty standards, um, you know, that people rarely see the full, and you rarely see the full range of your humanity expressed in the media. You're often, you know, black women are often Jezebel or the best friend, um, Mm -hmm or the next door neighbor, you know, very one dimensional expressions in the media, you have to deal with all of those things. And then <laughs> at work, there is the added pressure to be twice as good as your white counterparts, even though it may only get you half as far. And then you have the weight of representing your race in the office, because you're often the only black person in that building. Yeah. Um, and then you don't even get the luxury of being angry or expressing your pain or your vulnerability because. You do not want to be seen as the emotional, angry, aggressive black woman. So when you have to deal with all of these things, policing your behavior, diminishing yourself, no wonder you're exhausted. No wonder it has an emotional toil on on you as a woman or on us as women. You know, I just really resonated with with that article when I read it. And so I want to ask you ladies, you know, have you experienced some form of anxiety stress depression stemming from navigating work as a black woman um crystal let me start with you
2: i wonder who hasn't <laughs> i'm just trying to think who hasn't yeah
0: yeah
2: um, i remember when i was a junior 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 i, I was working in this place i won't mention where mm. um i most of my roles have been in the charity sector mm. And there was an issue where this guy swore at me. So my manager swore at me. And I, I, I at the time, I was just like, okay, this is crazy. And I was just going to end it there. But someone went to report it. And this just became a big issue. But it ended up with him leaving, well, with him being suspended. <laughs> and then there was so much work on the team. But then his manager was no better than he was. So it was around Christmas time and we were doing 10 times more than we were doing. There were people on the phone screaming at us. And I remember a friend of mine came to see me at work for lunch. And I didn't know that I had all these pent up emotions and we sat down and I just burst into tears oh,
0: wow!
2: and I was just like I don't even know why I'm sad I'm just sad and then I realized uh-huh. that some of my other colleagues were actually feeling the same way but in the new year of that year things actually then came to a head where this guy actually started bullying us <laughs> wow and I remember he would come up behind me and I would my heart would be beating really fast And so I remember I called my sister and I was crying. And my sister said to me, hey, 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 no job is worth crying for. Mm. And I was like, actually, you're right. And Mm -hmm. I handed in my notice
0: the next day. Hmm.
3: Wow. Wow. Because that was a
0: toxic environment for you. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Definitely. Keisha, why don't you you share your experience? Um. so
3: in this experience, definitely a work um, a, affinity bias is a thing, um, uh, and this is where the perception of black women being voice not being heard, getting ignored uh, in meetings, or you will say something and then you'll find that somebody's actually repeating exactly what you just said in a different way, and uh, you're wondering, but I literally just said that, uh, or you know your work not being acknowledged or okay, people walking on eggshells around you, so, oh, I didn't pronounce your name properly, or, um, you know, I'm so sorry, uh, I keep trying, you know, or everybody trying to remind you that they've got a black friend or they've worked with somebody black before
1: and... That thing annoys the hell out of me. And it it
3: these things tend to happen specifically in the work environment and they do have a negative toll and you do find there's some people that just don't like you for no reason whatsoever and it's it is all stemmed in racism but sometimes the people will swear down that they're not racist Uh because maybe you know because nobody likes that word but
1: it's still uh, well they're not racist though because they've sat next to a black person at lunch you
3: know or they've worked with a black person you know and it it but Mm. Me as a person, I am feeling these negative Mm. um, atmosphere and I'm feeling these things and I'm working in this environment on a day-to-day basis with these people, you know. And when you're in meetings during the Black Lives Matter um, in the summer and somebody's telling you that, oh, um, you don't really understand what the fuss is all about because they just don't get it, because they just don't want to, Um, you know, it's... You, what do you say? Where do you even start? And this is people you're working with on a day-to-day basis? Or you go to another office and the person's telling you how all these black people are blocking, you know, uh, are going out and spreading the virus. And you're like, I'm right here. What, 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 are you, what are you exactly saying to me? What are you, you know, in that particular instance, I just put my headphones on. Because I, what response am I meant to make to that? then that's to me that's a direct attack on my person and i'm here yeah, sitting in this work environment. Down from that fight though i would have expected you to go claws out at the person you know what? this is the manager what am i meant to tell him hmm. this is and, a in the work environment
0: i have bills to pay
3: and you these know? are
0: the things that put pressure on on black women because your how you navigate those are do you fight and then you're out of a job and you have to deal with the consequences of that Do you keep quiet and deal with the emotional consequences of that? Because they will have a toll, whether we accept it or not. You know, how do we navigate and discuss and deal with those kind of situations? Um, But also, how do we deal with the effect it has on our mental health? Mm -hmm. Because as we're talking about these instances, the emotions are still there in all our stories. It's Mm -hmm. not as if it's been... You know, it's now, oh, it's gone, and I'm fine, and I'm moving on. These things are still part of our psyche, um, and they're still part of our emotional and mental experience, and, and that's kind of what makes it so difficult, but also means that we have to be very conscious of our mental health as we, as we navigate work. Um, the, the, the emotional toll of navigating work, which we've just discussed, is, is one of the pathways to the mm-hmm. mental strain and stress that result in women experiencing um, mental health issues. Right? But, th- but these aren't the only ones. These aren't mm-hmm. the only circumstances that lead to mental health. You know, um, you know Rashida, Crystal, you talked about your stemming from a, a relationship, but there must be others that also come to mind. Um, maybe, uh, let me start with uh, Keisha. Can you think of other circumstances that come to mind that can lead to mental health issues for black women? Um, so one of them is actually,
3: generally being a black woman in society. I'm not, I'm not sure if I've mentioned this before, mm. but being a black woman in society, dating in society, trying to live your life, just walking down the street, um, you are perceived in a certain way. If you go into a shop and you raise your voice, you become the angry black woman everybody's watching you if you go into a shop and pick things and drop it drop things you know like everybody else does Um, you'll find eyes on your back watching every step you make um if you if if you're two people in the queue people find it very easily just to cut in front of you i'll never understand that why they just you're just invisible Mm -hmm. they just cut right in front of you or if you're if you're walking down the road and there's um uh, some uh, white person walking right towards you, they always expect you to move. And I, I I've never understood that. Like we're invisible. We're not worthy. What are we? The dirt under your shoe. I, I do not understand why society perceives black women as irrelevant. And you, you're walking every day in this truth because you get it at work. You get it on the, on, on the street, in anywhere you go, shops, restaurants, it, it's just a proper thing. You're sexualized, all black women must know how to twerk, all black women must speak in a false high American accent, you know, go girl, yeah girl, what's up girl, you know, that mm-hmm. is That's
1: a terrible impression
3: by the way. But you know what I mean, I mean, that is a stereotype that, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. has been portrayed about us and that yeah. is what the perception is. And all those people thinking, Oh, I have a black friend. All they're trying to say is, I know somebody who knows how to twerk and has an accent because that's what they're saying.
0: That is what's in their mind. So so the, 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 just being a black woman is enough to drive you to, to have mental issues. Basically, you know, how you deal with all of that is is quite hectic. Um, Mm -hmm. Crystal, what are your thoughts? There's some
2: other circumstances like childhood trauma, mm. like if you've been raised in a toxic home, um, and how you how how you grew up, all of yeah. those also have um, also affect your mental health. Mm. And um, another thing, which isn't quite relevant, <laughs> is relevant but not relevant to this, is that just just a thought that came to me is that in mm. our black community we don't see mental health until it's literally bipolar. Mm. So if you're crying and you're saying, oh my God, I'm tired. They're like, oh, just get up.
0: But Mm. when
2: it's bipolar, then they're like, okay, yeah, that is mental. And I think that's one of the reasons why there's a problem because maybe it could have been nipped in the bud Mm. before it got to that stage, but people don't see it until it gets wild. Yeah,
1: yeah. Mm -hmm. Rashida, what about you? Um, Yeah, so there are two things I was thinking of, actually. Mm. I guess from an African background, not talking about your feelings is one thing. We're not very emotional. No one really, really... Well, especially with parents, you're never, ever that emotional. Okay, now, for instance, most Nigerians I know never say I love you to their parents or their parents Mm. never said it to them. There was this Instagram thing where... Black kids made videos of them saying I love you to the parents and recording the parents' reactions. Most of the parents were like, what? What do you want? Why are you saying that to me? Mm. Only very few actually said, oh, I love you too. Because Mm. just something we never did. Talking Mm. about your feelings. So you're less likely to be in touch with your emotions and then you stifle them and it just spirals. The the second one is underlying health conditions. So if you have issues with your thyroid gland, for instance, you have, um, or like postpartum depression. There was this thing with a famous podcaster, and I think she mentioned something along the lines that black women are more likely to die in childbirth and they get the worst level of um, postpartum care. And for black women is suffering from postpartum depression if the stats say she's less likely to get the help she needs then she just goes around being unhappy or being depressed for
0: longer yeah yeah there's a lot that that can lead to this um and there's a lot that obviously black women have to to navigate when it comes to mental health but let's let's then move on to talk about solutions thankfully there are solutions available to us. Um, The the UK National Health Service website, which is www.nhs.co.uk, has a number of resources available, which we would encourage people to go and look at. It gives a few uh, sites and advice um, for us. It says, try talking to friends that you trust, a family member that you trust, um, a mental health professional or a therapist or a counsellor. They also suggest contacting Samaritans, which is a non-profit organization that you can talk to. Um, You can reach them at samaritans.org, or you can call them if you're in the UK um, on 116123, or you can email them at joe at samaritans.org. You can also consider peer supports, which is where people use their experience to help each other. And you can find out more about peer supports on the MIND website. So that's mind.org.uk. There are also some online resources specifically for black women, which are worth checking out. There is a Black Minds Matter, which is an organization that tries to connect black people with professional mental health services across the UK. Um, They have a fund that goes uh, towards um, covering the cost of these services. And you can find them at blackmindsmatteruk.com. There's also um, Therapy for Black Girls. It's a community and a podcast on black women's mental health. I happen to follow and I find their their advice really uh, useful. And you can find them on the hashtag Therapy for Black Girls. Um, A final one that I would share is the Black African and Asian Therapy Network or BAATN. It's the largest community of counselors, psychotherapists of black African Asian and Caribbean heritage in the UK. And they have a a wide directory of therapists of color practicing across the UK, many who who have moved online during the the pandemic. So you can can still reach them and they can be found at baatn.org.uk. There there do seem to be a lot of resources available today. Um, If you just Google, you you will find. and Rashida, you talked about, you know, going to a therapist when you were mm-hmm. experiencing your mental health issues. But, you know, that, that seems to me to be more the, um, not, not the norm, really. We, we, we mm-hmm. don't find, as Black people, comfortable going to therapy or saying that we are going to therapy.
1: Yeah. And there's something as mm-hmm. well, even if you decide to go to therapy, finding a therapist that mm-hmm. can relate to you. Yeah. Because if a few of the issues I eventually unpacked to my therapist, he was actually Nigerian, were things that I didn't have to explain to him. And because he just understood it because he was a black Nigerian professional. But if he was someone that did not share my ethnicity or my back, yeah, my ethnicity, there's some things that he would just be like, I don't understand why that is a thing. Can you explain it? But it just made it easier to find a Nigerian therapist.
0: So um, Crystal, let me turn to you, you know, why, why do you think that when it comes to dealing with mental health issues as black people, we don't consider things like therapy?
2: Um, I think, as I said earlier, there's a taboo. There's, I definitely know that, um, in Nigeria, which is where we Mm. come from our community, there's a big taboo surrounding, um, mental health. Um, so that's yeah. why a lot of people don't consider therapy. And also I I know of someone who um, was spiraling and um, she was given uh, drugs and people were t- saying to her, don't take them, don't take yeah. them. If you take them, you're going to be taking them for the rest of your life. Yeah. But, um, and I'm not speaking as a medical person, practitioner but Mm. I have heard that sometimes when you have a mental health problem it's an imbalance in your brain Mm. therefore medicine can help correct that so people shouldn't be scared of taking medication Mm. shouldn't be scared of being hospitalized a Mm. lot of people who have gone into um, hospital for their mental health issue have avoided committing suicide or doing harm to themselves and other people. And so these are the things we need to consider. I will have to mention that a lot of people seek spiritual help as well. And I honestly think that there is something to be said for that because spirituality does give you comfort does bring positivity into it. But I think people should always consider a balanced view as in, yes, go seek your spiritual help if you find that that helps you but Mm. don't forsake therapy don't if you need medication take it if you need to be hospitalized go into hospital and don't Mm. feel ashamed you know i just there is a big big taboo and i think there's a lot of work to be done in our community to ensure that it isn't
1: yeah yeah but what I found with um, spirituality and the spiritual help is most times when you have the soft conversations, they're like, God forbid, you're not going to go into hospital. God forbid, it's not your portion. God forbid, it's the enemy. It's the devil, it's Satan and all of those things. Sometimes I fit my own little world is when you're overly reliant on these spiritual advisor's it comes to the de- at the detriment of medical and scientific help. I'm not mm-hmm. saying. I mean, I always. I mean, I'm spiritual and somewhat religious. I will always pray to God and ask for God's guidance. However, mm-hmm. I feel like we should be be more um, aware that sometimes the advice from spiritual helpers negates the need, or they say negates the need for science and medicine. Mm-hmm. Fair yeah, fair point. Point. When I say
2: spiritual, when I say spiritual help, I'm saying the one that comforts you as a person. Okay. I'm not saying go and seek advice from anyone. Oh, right. okay. Uh, what I mean is, you know, sometimes you find that comfort, that peace from spirituality. That's what I'm speaking about. I'm not saying, uh, especially right. traditional african churches are very into god forbid that's not your portion i'm not talking about that right i'm talking
1: about the inner peace that you can find from spirituality all right okay so i misunderstood that so what i was saying is the traditional where they'd be like it's not your portion god forbid it's satan Mm. and all of those things." okay um keisha what about you what do you think um I don't know why therapy isn't
3: considered in fact I have to be honest the very first time I ever considered therapy as an option was when Rachida um was speaking out about it um I think if you remember really? I
1: influenced you positively oh, yes oh my god yes, sweetie yes you did
3: so <laughs> um although You're welcome, I I would, and I have to admit I still haven't done it but I do definitely agree that I guess in in our society it's consider the stigma that, you know, if you have to go to therapy, then something's wrong with you. Mm. Where what I'm learning now um, is that sometimes you can just have an independent person to speak with, someone outside your circle, someone that you can talk to and then uh. they can give you an unbiased independent mm. view, someone that you can have a safe space with. Um, and I think we rely on friends and family a lot but I think sometimes talking to a stranger about, you know, without any judgment. Mm-hmm. Sort of
0: to Rapid fire. It didn't, it, didn't want fire. To, it didn't want to rapidly finish. Sorry about that. <laughs> Sorry about that, Keisha. I'm gonna let Keisha finish what she was saying because I thought it was really important.
3: Yeah, I, I was just saying that it's good to speak with somebody who's not gonna have any judgment. Yeah. Um, someone that you can feel safe with, someone that you're not yeah. afraid you're going to tell your friends or family or let the cat out of the bag in some way. And I think that gives you a certain sense of freedom. Yeah. Um, you can speak your mind. Um, and yeah, I think I think it's needed. I, I still haven't done it, but I will, I'm sure yeah. one of the girls is going to kick my ass and make sure I do it. And I, I I'm very happy yeah. that um, Rebe has read out all the... Um, details of how you can get
0: therapy. So please make it. Awesome. And and so with that, we're going to move on to rapid fire. So I know people still want to talk about this. Maybe we need to do another episode. It is such an important discussion Mm -hmm. for for women and for Black women. But we're going to move on because rapid fire rules apply. So ladies, I've got one question for each of you. And I am going to start with uh, Crystal. I would like you to share one thing that you do to improve your mental well-being. Uh, um, I practice
2: mindfulness. And that consists of self-love, gratitude, and, yeah, just being mindful. Yeah, that's what I do.
0: Okay. Um, Rashida?
1: Um, For me, I practice well i try to practice meditate meditate every day so i have this app that i log on to every day and 20 30 minutes each day i just meditate clear my mind and chill out at the moment i'm trying to do a 10 day streak but i think i've i always fall off by day six or seven
0: or this time
1: around you will do those 10 days because she gave, it, cause she gave a star for a 10
0: day streak So okay. I need that star Go girl, you'll do it uh, Keisha, what about you?
3: Um, I walk I've always walked um, And I find that if I can't Walk or I'm not walking Then there's, I'm learning that Then that, that means there's something wrong Because um, I just I'm a morning person and I really just Love to get out and breathe The
2: air
0: that makes sense at all makes makes total sense yeah for me um i pray i read my bible and i pray and that for me kind of gives me the strength to, to to move ahead um so ladies that's our podcast um for this week um to our listeners hopefully you found it informative and helpful in which case a positive review on apple podcast would be appreciated If you've been affected by any of the topics we covered today, please, please reach out to a licensed professional or use any of the resources we've shared. Whatever you do, please speak to a trusted person. You don't have to go through your experiences alone. Help is out there. Till next time, stay safe. Take care. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the Talking Single Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. To continue the conversation, be sure to follow us on Instagram with the handle at Talking Single Podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter with the handle Talking Single. We are downloadable on Apple Podcast, Google Play, Spotify, and other podcast platforms. Don't forget to subscribe, leave us a great review, and of course, share with your family and friends. We'd also love to hear from you. So leave us your comments or questions. And do remember to tag us on any posts with the hashtag #TalkingSinglePodcast. Podcast. Take care. See you next time. Same place, same time.